Welcome. I'm Avram Kivalevich. And I'm Shmuel Skaist. We're in the midst of what's clearly, in the eyes of many people, the Kristallnacht week celebration. I'm, I'm holding here uh, last week's New Jersey News, uh, and I see there are nine Kristallnacht events that, from last Thursday, Thursday, November 7th, stretching all the way into uh, this coming Monday, uh, it's clearly the period, the 75th commemoration of the pogrom that shocked the Jewish world, that shocked much of what we call the civilized world, that was unleashed in Germany. Uh, pogroms and killing. Although Kristallnacht means the night of the broken glass, we know that it was much more than that. It was actually uh, a, a, a based on the killing uh, of, a, of, a, of a diplomat in Paris by a Jewish man, uh, what was unleashed was nights and terrible days of destruction, uh, looting, killing. Uh, and although there was terrible recriminations from certain corners, a good part of the world actually saw it as almost inevitable and accepted it, uh, sort of similar to the idea of Amalek attacking the Bnei Yisrael when they left Mitzrayim, after that attack, it almost became understandable that the Jews would be attacked, the Bnei Yisrael would be attacked. Similarly, after Kristallnacht, it didn't seem to be a big deal anymore in many corners that the Jews were being uh, violated and pushed around. And I don't deny that it's actually the beginning, really, uh, of the events that we call the Holocaust. And um, it clearly was going beyond any laws of, uh, of, of civilization, of just terrorizing a law-abiding community. There's no question about it that, that there's something to, to, to own up to that. However, I'm not sure if it's as important as we probably are led to believe by what, what we see here even today. Okay. Um, I, I, well, I agree that uh, it's interesting to look at, and one of the things you mentioned, I think we saw in one of the articles we researched, how uh, the British representative in Berlin wrote back out how shocked he was at this barbaric behavior. He didn't know where it was coming from, and you know, and kind of uh, the world didn't react in the way that they should have, clearly. Um, but uh, so that part I agree with you. But uh, to say that that, that uh, it's not important, I mean. 1,500, over 1,500 people were killed. Over 1,400 shuls were burnt. I don't know if all of them were burnt to the ground, but they were set on fire and were, and were, and were looted and were, I, I mean, it, 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 you know, let's just compare it to what's going on in the world today. Uh, Assad in uh, Syria, uh, Gaz's, uh, uh, aside from all the other people that he's killed, but he, you know, he used Gaz to kill 1,400 people and, and Obama and the world were talking about attacking him. I mean, 14, uh, you know, over 1,400 people, that's a significant number. And, and it is proper that when uh, some people are targeted so ugly and terribly that there should be world outrage. But I, I believe that outrage is a byproduct of the whole world's disgust and inability to understand the Holocaust. I think we live in a post-Holocaust world, uh, and the terms genocide, the terms Holocaust 
the terms of targeting uh, racial victims. Uh, this is really something that a terrible gift that the Holocaust gave us. Uh, that when and, and we should be sensitive to it. I think, however, my, I, maybe I didn't state my point clearly enough. I don't deny that from a historical perspective, one, if he's teaching the course about the Holocaust, that Kristallnacht and the events of Kristallnacht in those days need to be examined. But I think in terms of what it's become as a, uh, a, a, a tremendous amount of energy and efforts, I think we have to really uh, move beyond. Now, I, I know that's hard to say. Now, I, I, I feel that unlike perhaps uh, a David Duke or a Pat Buchanan, I think I have a unique sort of pedigree to say that. And the pedigree is that I myself am a child of survivors. Uh, I myself do not have... Uh, I have one first cousin, who was my father's sister, who survived the Lodge Ghetto, um, and my father. The rest of that family was completely decimated. I don't... I, I, and I grew up in a home uh, that was permeated by the Holocaust permeated by the silence of not speaking about the Holocaust or the recoiling in memories of the Holocaust. So I understand. And, and, and to me, I, um, it's a, it was in my life very uh, shaped in many ways my impressions of, of, of the outside world. However, and all that being said, and, uh, and I've always been called on in, in schools that I've been associated with to, to to sort of like represent the the, the memory of the, of the ones that, that were killed and slaughtered so terribly. That being said, I agree with an article that I uh, we were talking about that was written about six or seven months ago on the heels of the commemoration of the 70th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising that and it was written by Hill Goldberg, Rabbi Hill Goldberg, uh, a man I think uh, has written a lot of wonderful articles and books. And he was writing in the, uh, the Denver, the Rocky Mountain uh, Jewish News, I think it's called. And he writes there what he believes is the need to transcend what's going on merely because the survivors are leaving us. The survivors, my parents, other people's parents, they won't be here. And the idea of trotting them out and just relying on their stories and the never-forget attitude, Goldberg says that we have to stand up, be realistic, and say we need to do more than just hear what the horrors of what happened, which have been documented so incredibly anyway. Steven Spielberg and others who put great money into uh, transcribing all the survivor stories, we have to look into what he calls a, a greater understanding, putting into perspective the Holocaust and the events philosophically to invest energies and in putting it into a greater perspective for the next generation, not just hearing and being scarred by the stories of the horrors. Okay, I, 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 I hear that, and I think in, on a certain level this is the same approach, um, although true that it's for, you know, maybe for a broader audience, 
but um, the same approach that Rav Hutner uh, took in the, in the, the, I believe it was the tshuva that he wrote to a, a, a request for advice on how to teach the Holocaust um, by uh, an educator, or perhaps it was given at a speech that he gave to, to educators. But in any case, it was written up in the Jewish Observer. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he basically uh, is is advocating this idea that we put it in the broader context of history and that we kind of see it as one of the many tragedies that have taken place uh, in our history, which is kind of, I feel like, what you're advocating. Well, he, like, right. Well, he was actually talking about, uh, if not downplaying it, but making it part of Tisha B'Av. Uh, right. And that Tisha B'Av is the day to to be misboning about right. things like that. But you're right. Ultimately, it neutralizes it. It takes it out of the Yom HaShoah or, or a Kristen Lachnight or... Uh, uh, which, which you know, which Rabbi Goldberg doesn't deal with the the the, pol- the, the political aspects of, you know, having a special Yom HaShoah, not having a special Yom HaShoah, but but I think the sentiment is the same that we need to kind of move past it and put this in the context of, you know, things that have happened in our history. Um, but at the, but you know, I, okay, I hear that. But at the same time, like you know, um, the, the the visceral approach to um, keeping. Ideas and, and memories alive has some value. I mean, would you say that if we if we had artifacts or the ability to create uh, an exhibit for uh, about the Xeris Tachvatat, uh, although they have faded into history and there are plenty of Jews that have never even heard of them, but wouldn't it be valuable if we had the artifacts and things that we could put together? Um, I saw this amazing exhibit last year, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit that was in Manhattan. I think I believe it went to Philadelphia. Afterwards, I happened to meet somebody in my travels whose wife was the curator of, of this exhibit, and uh, he described it to me, but it didn't really... I, I, I didn't get it from his description. He sent me free tickets. It was Cholamoid. None of my family wanted to go. Dead Sea Scrolls. It sounds uh, about as exciting as, uh, as going to a cemetery for, for a Cholamoid I, I would be interested, but yeah, so... Yeah, okay, me, me too. I wanted to go, but sure. I convinced my family to go because we had the free tickets, and it was in Manhattan. And I said, oh, if, if it doesn't work out, you know, it's not, it's not good. We can go do something else in Manhattan. Fine. So they went along. And it was fantastic. Everybody loved it. Why? Because they were so smart about how they displayed it. How do you do with display Dead Sea Scrolls? How are you going to get people to be interested in it? They had a long, long hallway. I think it was two sides of this very large room. Before you ever got anywhere near the scrolls that had exhibits taking us from today, modern Israel, the Jewish people today, with artifacts and exhibits taking us all the way back in time to the time period of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so by the time you got to see them, you had a sense of history, of where these things were coming from. and, and, how, and, they've and, effect, and how, how they've affected how, how they've affected us without us realizing it yes. and how important they are. Yes. So and so it, and that experience of walking down that hall made those that historical um it's usually the much. opposite, though, with the Shoah exhibits. Usually they actually put you into the, like, take a number. I think even at the uh, Holocaust Museum in Washington, you actually live the life of one of the children or one of the people who has died. And they try to make it a life. And, and they actually make you go through it. Um, I think it actually proved my point, if anything. I think that uh, by actually starting where we are and sort of working backwards, uh, you could say, well, you know, the Holocaust was extremely important for the way things are today, as opposed to taking us and di- dipping us again, you know, into uh, images and 
descriptions and philosophical quandaries about the Holocaust and how man could allow this to happen. Um, you, know, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, bringing out the survivors and, uh, again, as a child of survivors, uh, I love listening to survivors. I gave a shear in, for 10 years in Chicago that was basically 95% survivors of the, of the camps. And we learned, but we, we didn't talk about the camps. We learned about Chumash and we weren't Tanakh and we weren't Gemara. And it's tremendous to hear such people and, and, and to get chizik from them. On the other hand, I think that as a big plan for education and for the world, to to say, well, you know, the survivors are are gone; they're almost gone. You know, let's let's try like Spielberg did, you know, or maybe we perhaps you know uh, keep one and and we'll keep one alive as long as we can, and you know maybe even you know cyrogenically uh, freeze them, you know, and then. Every the, year, and every year, have them tell their story and say, "See you, see you next year," and you'll tell us some more of these horrors, so we will never forget. There's a there's a strange. I think it's a British uh, uh, one of these cult TV shows that uh, no one's ever heard of called Lex L E X X. That, uh, that, that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the, the it posits the idea that this one lone survivor of a of a, a you know a Holocaust. A race that was, you know, in the galaxy that was completely erased, you know, is the last survivor and he's dying. So they they freeze him and they bring him out every once in a while when they meet him. Um, yeah, so this I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's, it's they, not realistic. Yeah, it's, these people have had their lives and they have given over, and some have chosen not to. My father, Olasholm, did not want to speak about it, and 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 I think even many that I've heard speak, they've embellished because that's the nature of memory. Is actually, of course, to embellish. Uh, what you went through, it wouldn't sound realistic from someone who hadn't gone through with it. But again, I believe the the amount of data is there, the information has been collated and, and argued about and put into books. I, I really think that um, I heard this articulated very nicely uh, by in the film Hiding and Seeking, which I recommend to people to watch. Uh, it's about uh, Akiva Dam going to, or Menachem Dam going, I think his name is, uh, going to find the righteous Gentiles who hid his father-in-law and mother-in-law, or his father-in-law. And he takes, he goes to Eretz Yisrael first, and he takes his two Kolo sons with him. And they go with their father, but they express originally, and the, and the, and the camera gives you such a full sense of it, that they have a rich full life in Eretz Yisrael. Yes, they are descendants, grandchildren of, 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 of the Holocaust. And they recognize that the Holocaust was important. But what they're focusing in on, and so they tell their father is, is that you know, we have something great here. We're building great things here in Eretz Yisrael or wherever the Jews are living. Uh, we need to get past it. We need to... There's so many things, and we've talked about... At, problems on this program and we've talked about and we know where perhaps we we need the psychic energy to be able to direct things towards bettering our situation. It's, it's 75 years. Tachtat, you mentioned before. Well, Tachtat, if we take 75 years from Tachtat, yes, they were still writing 
elegies and difficult, but they, they were involved in the next stage of Jewish life. That wasn't, they didn't have, you know, they, 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 they maybe had a young tightness, but then they moved on. They didn't, they, they weren't mired. Yeah, okay, I, I, I agree with you, but I, I think that in order to do that, in order to move on, perhaps we need to first confront how much um, how much we are, are really being strangled, in a sense, by the Holocaust um, in order to move past it. So you're, you're saying that, you know, we, we need to move past it, they move past it. We haven't moved past it. We haven't moved past it in any way. Forget about dealing with the Holocaust, just in everyday life. I mean, for example, all the social policies that are in place in our tzibur, in our communities, were put in place by Gdole Torah, who were reacting to the Holocaust. Uh, the, the, the concept of, of, of the kolel, and the concept of everyone learning in kolel, um, is, could be easily shown to be a direct outgrowth of the Holocaust. The, the concept of um, the Hasidim and the, and the particular... Um, uh, way that they isolate themselves in America. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was quite the same way in Europe. I know that the Satmarov came to America and and accomplished something that no one would have ever expected. And he did that by putting into place certain social policies that allowed a community to resurrect itself from the ashes. And that's amazing and it's wonderful. But you're talking about moving past it in terms of how we. Uh, Celebrate uh, or or, or commemorate. mark commemorate is the, is the right word. How we mem- commemorate the 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 uh, you know the events. Um, I, I don't see how we could get to to kind of dealing with that in a healthy way until we start dealing with the fact that all of our social policy is based on Holocaust. Okay, I, I agree with you. And having had the scope to really see the Gedolim in action. Uh, when I went to Nehru Yisrael and, and, and Rav Moshe to a degree, Rav Aaron, uh, they were all clearly planning and moving forward with the shadow of the Holocaust behind them. They couldn't be human beings otherwise. Uh, the Satmarov and the Chesidosh Rebbes and Poskim, they were pushing for uh, the ultimate fertility to, to, to fight the Nazis. The fact is, is that, that we win. You know, every child born is another mm-hmm. proof against Hitler. I understand that. And, and, and there's no way they could be any different. And to actually look at that world without the Holocaust behind it, or maybe even the founding of the State of Israel, which, which is what the Arabs, of course, have said is the reason why the UN pushed through the resolution. Yes, it's impossible to look at things be, beyond that, right. without that. However, 75 years later, 70 years later, we, I believe, can say that the historians and sociologists will talk about Rav Aaron, they'll talk about the Satmarov, and they'll talk about wh- how the Holocaust colored everything. Uh, and, and, and again, the courses will be given on it. But can you imagine, Rav Shmuel, the amount of energy and advertising? Again, I'm not even going to get into this issue about what's going to happen here in Newark on Sunday uh, at the Basilica um, Basilica Church, where they're putting on a, a, some sort of opera or dance of the night of the group broken glass. Give me the money and the, and the efforts and the coordination. All of that mind work can really be redirected. I'm not here to say what it should be redirected for, but I can. I, I think that it's where it is. Better this, and again, I would say better this than, than thinking, you know, there are much worse things that the non-Jewish right. world could be involved in. Right. But as I have been involved with, with, with Holocaust survivors and 
many of them have said to me, well, why can't the Jewish children know as much as the non-Jewish children are getting to know now? And how come the Jewish children aren't reacting as, as excitedly as the non-Jewish children are when they come and speak? And why can't there be a curriculum the same way Frank Lautenberg pushed through in the state of New Jersey a mandatory Holocaust studies, why can't our yeshivas have it? Why can't we have it? And, and that's part of the reason why Project Witness has has started to make films and, and make things for the yeshiva. I, I really believe that the, these questions don't start. Yes, it's, I'm happy that you know, Schindler's List was great for the non-Jewish world. I haven't seen it. I don't believe I do need to see it. I think, and even though I teach history and teach Holocaust, I think it's really important uh, and it's worse than that. Uh, I think that there is a, 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 a... If that's where you believe your Jewish identity, that's one of the building blocks of what a well-rounded Jewish identity is, then I think it's actually a horrific way to concretize Jewish identity. Okay. I mean, I you know, I led uh, several tours to Poland um, and to basically to tour at concentration camps and... Um, I think that there were, it was a very, very uh, impactful trip for my students. They really, um, it made a very big, big impact, and, and, and they, I believe, uh, came out of it uh, enriched by having, you know, a certain, maybe a, a more realistic context uh, to, to place the, the history in. You know, they saw the places where these things happen, and these things are important, and... and, and um, well, I mean, would, you know, you wouldn't suggest closing down uh, and you know bulldozing uh, Auschwitz because no, uh, just like just like you said about the Dead Sea Scrolls, museums are great, and anything which is marchedas is great. The purpose of museums and the reason why curators have such a tough time, and we as teachers have a hard time, is we're trying to make information interesting, and, and but we're trying to open people's minds, right. and, and and the means we have to do that is crucial if it can be done. Uh, by actually looking and seeing, um, and and but you need the guide who can explain the crematoria, and you need uh, it's all about the packaging. However, I'll, I'll still say this: I, I even though someone will say that could be my grandfather, or now my great grandfather, or even more than that, the ultimate value is that their minds were opened up, and and there's other things in Jewish history that our minds can be opened up to sure. as well. A, a child, a student has just a certain amount uh, of space. I, I think, again, there's a, um, if it's not a bullying that's going on, but there's a perhaps a sense of guilt that we need to have the Holocaust uh, front and center. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it, it really blinds and it's, it's really too much. The, uh, and again, it's a feeling that I've had for many, many years. I think that, uh, you know, there's a there's a film that I don't recommend, but it was a very important film when it came out. It was called Munich, Steven Spielberg's film Munich, yeah. and he made this film as a way uh, years after Schindler's List to deal with the Arab-Israeli conflict, and he has different characters speak about the right to Israel and uh, the right to that land. It's a documentary? No, it's a, it's a, it's a fiction, it's historical fiction uh -huh. about the, the hunt for the Black September planners uh, of the Munich Massacre. I see, I see. But what he does really is investigate the idea of the struggle for in Eretz Yisrael. 
and the struggle between Jews and Arabs. And he tries to humanize and understand both sides. He tries to be very fair. You know, Spielberg, as a Jew, recognizes his responsibility to be fair. And in the mouth of the Jewish side, it's all about, we deserve Eretz Yisrael because of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. We deserve Eretz Yisrael because of how we persecuted the Holocaust. Uh, again, it's, it's it, it, to the point that that's the whole weight of our argument. And as the Holocaust recedes, and as, as Rwanda, as other Holocausts rise, and the rediscovery of Armenia, then Holocaust is not a justification. It is definitely something which we all use to, to make emotional points. But as we plan for the next generation, I think the Holocaust has to take its very honored place, but it cannot be as essential as it is now. Of course, the uh, problem for many Jews today is that they do not have another thing in Judaism that they connect to um, because... Uh, there are many secular Jews who are not affiliated with any type of movement and any type of uh, involvement. So that's perhaps why in the, in, the, in the secular world it has taken such a place, because that's uh, the point of connection to Judaism for a lot of Jews today who aren't practicing and who aren't uh, aware of the incredibly rich history. Well, well, and well, what it becomes then is, is almost, and I took the Facing History course uh, about how to teach Holocaust, what it becomes really is like that facing history approach, which is using the Holocaust to talk about general deprivation of rights right. of people, uh, whether it's rights of, of, of people in Latin America or, or people here in the United States, uh, a connection to uh, what's happening in other places throughout the world, apartheid or other things, right. which really, again, subverts once again what the Holocaust yeah, is. Absolutely. I, I, that's really a different issue. The, the question is, you know, between me and you, between right. in our world, right? What should we do? Yeah, yeah should be part of it. And I think there, I think we, I think we, we, we shouldn't be ashamed of saying, let's turn to all the the issues that we have, and and and, and let's try to work on them with an understanding and a progressiveness. Uh, and I think that with and that doesn't do any one iota of damage to the honor of the Kedosh Elyon who died in the Shoah. I agree with that. Absolutely. Well, Again, maybe we'll turn to some of those issues next time when we can put the show by this, uh, you know, as, as, as we okay. approach Hanukkah. As always, we welcome your comments, and uh, we're going to be including links to the, some of the articles and uh, uh, things that we've read in researching these shows uh, below, so you can check out those links. Uh, I'm Shmuel Skaist. I'm Avram Kivalevich. We'll see you next time. <laughs>